So here we are this morning. I feel like God's really given me a, a word this morning. He's a bit mad me preaching the morning of the carols. I think my mother thinks I'm, no, you're okay, you're happy. <laughs> it's a bit, I've got enough to do. No, no, this is good though because I really felt like God really gave me um, a definite word to speak this morning. So there you go. So that means it's going to be good. <laughs> so this morning I wanted to talk about never looking back. Okay. And um, this comes from um, something that happened with me when Ben turned 10 actually a couple of months ago. And, um, and I was telling my mum how I really... When he turned 10, I started to think back of when he was born. And for most mums, that's a, a wonderful memory, a really good memory. And it was in a lot of ways, but in, I ended up, um, because I had postnatal depression, it was actually a really, really difficult time. And I found myself on his birthday throughout the day just thinking back to that actual time. And I remember just sitting at, on my couch with a meal that someone had brought. And I was sitting there with it on my lap waiting for him to cry because that's all I was worried about. Anxious, fearful, just a horrible place. And as I started to think about that, I started to feel those emotions again. Who's ever had that? I started to feel like I was back there. I had that anxiety coming upon me. And I was telling mum and she's like, well, it's probably not a good idea to do that. It's probably not a wise thing to be looking back like that. And I thought, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. And then God really gave me a word. So what is looking back? I believe looking back is not really just a glance or a happy memory. It's a deliberate going back to a time in your past to re-examine, analyse it, <laughs> replay it in your mind and re-experience it. It can be um, past hurts, you know, maybe thinking of people that have hurt you, um, maybe past vices, things you used to do before you were a Christian that weren't good and you go back and really replay things you used to do in your mind. So the scripture, I've, I've lost my place with my scripture. <laughs> it's Genesis 19. You could quickly flick there with me. Genesis 19, and I'm going to start at verse 16. Now, this is the story. Who heard the story of Lot? When he was in Sodom and living in Sodom and Gomorrah with his wife and children, and what happened in this story is it was such a sinful place that God was going to destroy it. So he sent some angels to warn Lot and his family to get out of the city before it was destroyed. Okay. So I'm going to start at verse 16, and this is speaking of Lot here. It said he hesitated. And the men, which is the angels, grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them out safely of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they, he had brought them out, or they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives, don't look back. So there's, there's don't look back. And don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to those mountains or you'll be swept away. Then we're going to jump down to verse, verses 23 to 28. And it says, by the time Lot reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land. And the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. And here's our key verse, verse 26. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And so the angels had warned, if you look back, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be in big trouble. And 
Lot's wife forever was the image of her as a pillar of salt stuck right in that place. Okay, so I did a little bit of a word search here and I was looking around and it's very interesting. The Hebrew word for looked back or looked is different. Now, if you read in verse um, 27, it says, Abraham got up and returned to the place and stood before the Lord. And 28, he looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah. So Abraham looked as well. So Lot's wife had looked back. And then the next day, Abraham looked as well. So they both looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah. But they're different meanings. So the meaning for look in verse 26 is called, is the Hebrew word norbat, which is caused to behold, consider. Look down, regard, have respect, look intently at as regard with pleasure, favour or care. But the verse in 28, the word look in 28 is shorkaf. It's to lean out or in a passive way. So can you see these two ways of looking? One is a very active way. So when Lot's wife looked back, she looked back with intent, with care, with, um, oh, I... I'm going to miss that evil place. <laughs> she had longing in her heart for what was behind her, whereas Abraham looked in a passive way. There was nothing attached to it. He just looked and saw. Okay, so what I feel that God is saying that we need to be able to look back in our past and passively observe and say that's what was because, yes, we've got memories. We're going to remember stuff that's happened to us that's hard, okay, so but we need to be able to look back and go, I'm not emotionally distraught every time I think of that. It's okay. God's dealt with it. I'm good. I'm passively looking. Whereas if we look back in the way that Lot's wife looked back and every time we look back, we're right back there. Our emotions are stirred up and we're feeling distraught and distressed and for the next week we're feeling yuck and we're wondering why we're feeling so yucky. It's because we've gone back where we shouldn't go back in a way we shouldn't. Okay, So we don't want to be frozen like Lot's wife like a pillar of salt stuck at something we can't get past. So why shouldn't we do it? And I believe looking back can lead to dissatisfaction with our current circumstances, can't it? You think, oh, those are the good old days. I just really wish it was like that again. Um, anger issues not and unforgiveness, depression, and a feeling that I can't move on from that. I can't ever get, every time I go back, I can't get past that situation. So notice that I'm saying feelings, and, and I was saying that before. Um, isn't it so true if you smell something sometimes or you taste something, it can remind you? Of, he's got a favourite song, a favourite, and you go and hear the song. Maybe it might be a Nirvana song, no? Maybe something from the 90s? Yes. Any other Gen X, Y? No. Don't, we won't go there. We won't look back there. Um, but anything like that, and you get nostalgia and it stirs it up and you hear, what would you have, Dad? There has to be something, something by the Beach Boys, I don't know. Yes, a bit of that kind of stuff. We shouldn't go there either. Um, but um, And it's okay to have that memory, but it, you've got to be careful of feelings, okay, the feelings that, that comes with that, and that's what I'm talking about this morning. Okay. I wanted to just quickly explain about soul, spirit, and body. Okay, so as a Christian, we're called to live by our spirit. So when you come to Christ, God renews your spirit and it becomes like Christ. 
So that's the part of us in our spirit that's new and great and loves God's word and grows. And Okay, so that's the bit that knows the truth. Then we have, obviously, our body, which is our outer part of us that we can see. But the third part of us is our, our soul, which is our mind, will and emotions. Okay? And that's the part of us when we get saved that doesn't necessarily come into line with what God says straight away, does it? It still is a fleshly thing that likes um, simple ways. It wants to be in charge of us. And so in the Bible it says that your mind needs to be transformed in Romans 12.22. And we transform our mind by questioning every thought that doesn't line up with the word of God. Okay, Because the word of God is the truth. Not what you feel. Because sometimes if someone asks you, do you often say when someone says, how are you going today? You say, I feel a bit down today. I feel a bit anxious today. Okay, well, that's how you feel. But what does God say about it? And so, do you know what I mean? So you've got to question that. Like this morning, I was feeling a a bit anxious. And so I went to my word of God and it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in all things, through prayer and petition, Thanksgiving, present your request to God. So I'm like, okay, God, I feel anxious, but I know the truth that I can do all things, so it's good, okay? So you've got to line it up with what the truth is. So if you live by what you feel in your in your will and your mind and emotions, every day I feel good today, but tomorrow I'm not feeling good, but then I feel good and then I'm like, that's not, you're going to be shifting. And what does the Bible say? It's like the man that built his house on the sand and it's just all over the shop. And you can't have a victorious Christian life if you're all over the shop, can you? So the word of God is our yardstick. And so, oh, and can you write down 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5? It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought. So that's what we need to do every day. We need to take captive these thoughts. So if our mind starts wandering back to past stuff, we say, no, I take captive that thought right now. God's dealt with that. I'm back. All right? So you need to get really good at not letting your mind <laughs> just go wherever it likes because that's not living by the spirit. That's living by, by your emotions and we don't want to do that. So do you know the beauty of it? I love this. It's actually a choice what you think about. You know how sometimes you think, well, I'm just a negative person. I just, that's just how I am. Well, it's actually, you can actually choose. I never really realized I could actually choose. I always thought I was just a depressed, negative person. But now I'm thinking, actually, no, God's given me a choice, what I think about. And I can actually choose <laughs> to think of the truth of what He said in His Word. And as you start to do that, you will grow as a Christian. So you can do the right thing even when it doesn't feel good. Amen. <laughs> I don't think any amends with that one. But we can choose not to dwell in the past because it stops us living in the present. Okay. So what are some ways we can look back? The first way, one way we can look back is longing for the past. So it, it, become, it can be become a longing for things that are in the good old days, as I said. So something that you think was good, past relationships that were unhealthy, past eating habits. So if you've gone on a new sugar-free, what do you people do? I haven't done this yet. I need to still do this after Christmas. I'm waiting until after Christmas. Detox. Yeah, I'll do that after Christmas. But um, So that's apparently what you do. You, 
any past eating habits that as you're trying to form new ways of doing things that you still look in the cupboard and see those biscuits and you think, oh, that's what I used to eat, <laughs> okay? You begin longing for things that you used to do. Now, in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, I don't know if you look at it, I'll just read it here. Jesus warns us about looking back. So Jesus was talking with his disciples and he says, No one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So when he's talking about looking back, he's actually, it's also a very similar way of putting it as in the Hebrew word as well, looking back with intent, looking back deliberately to past things that weren't good. And so what he says here, if you do that, you're not fit for service in the kingdom of God. So I did another little word search. I was looking up Greek words this time. And the Greek word for fit here is euthetos. And this is actually really interesting. It actually means well-placed, well-adapted, hence ready for use. Okay? So he's saying anyone who puts his hand to what he's doing in the house of God or in life and then looks back is not ready for use in the kingdom of God. They're not saying you're not good enough. It's saying you're not ready. You're not ever going to be ready. So if you ever felt like I can't quite fit, I never seem to find my place, I never seem to find my thing. Well, God's saying it's probably because there's stuff in your past and you've been looking back at it in some way and it's stopping you getting on with what God wants you to do now. Okay? So that's not just an idle word. He's specifically saying if you want to be ready for God to use you at any time, you have to be ready and you need to have dealt with some of this stuff in your past to say that doesn't affect me anymore, I'm ready to go forward. Okay? Because you don't want to be connected to stuff back there. All right, so that is an incredible thing. In When we were reading about Lot and his wife, I found it so interesting that they warned him and said, get out of here. And the first thing it says is Lot hesitated. Did you note that? He didn't go, oh, quick, let's get out of here. He said he's kind of, there was a bit of something there still, a bit of an attachment to that bad place that he hesitated. So what is it that makes you hesitate? Is there anything in your life that makes you go, and that's the stuff you want to cut off, you want to deal with that. You don't want to have a hesitation or any pause, anything there that is causing you to, to have that weakness, okay? So the way to deal with that is to surrender that to God and say, God, I have a problem with this. This makes me hesitate. This, admit it and say, find the scriptures that combat that. So I often have a weakness with being anxious and fearful. So on my phone, I have a list of 33 scriptures of do not fear. So this morning when I woke up, I went through my scriptures and I read each one and I knew that's the truth. That's God's word. So that's true today. Not I, I feel fearful, but that's true. So I'm going to believe that. Okay? You've got that back up straight away. So find things. Even with my kids, young Riley there, we get scared at night and we've learnt the scripture God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. So we say that at bedtime. So we combat that fear. We have something to come against it. It's all well and good to say don't fear, but unless you have the truth of God's word to come against it, you know, you've got, you're just doing it yourself. And Satan will try and use it. Satan knows what your weaknesses are. So he's going to get in your ear. So you need to tell him. Tell him where to go. Can you say that? I'm 
Can you say that? Okay. Just checking. You've got to tell him where to go and say, no, this is the truth, not what you're telling me, not how I feel right now. So get in his ear and tell him what for. So my second point and last point is looking back to what is painful. So unforgiveness and offence are two ways we can be stuck in the past, okay? So every time we think of a certain situational person, perhaps, um, it's like you instantly hurt again. It's like you instantly go, oh, they did this to me, and it's right there. And the thing is sometimes you think, well, I forgave that person. I forgave them, so why do I still feel like this when I think of them? But remember what we're saying about feeling. Then you're running on how you feel. So if you have a thought of someone in your past that is painful and you have feelings about it, then you need to recommit it to God and say, no, Lord, I choose to forgive them no matter how I feel about it. And the more you do that and give it to God and know the truth of that, that barb in your heart will be replaced. And I've had that personal, I've had that happen with me. Ten years ago I had a falling out with a close friend and um and I felt like I'd forgiven them. But every time someone would tell me something good happening to them, I'd kind of go, oh, well, something else good's happening to them. Always. And I thought, no, I've forgiven that. I'm, I'm past it. But then I'd kind of go, who's ever done that? Oh, I should have got that. I should be doing that. And I just kept saying, no, <laughs> I've forgiven them and I'm going to think good things about them. God bless them. God bless them. It took like 10 years. So finally I heard that they've been promoted to a very big position. And you know the first thing I thought when I heard that? I thought, wow, they're going to be really good at that. And then I went, oh, where'd that come from? My goodness. <laughs> Thank you, God. God's still done that work over time. And now I go, awesome, bless them. I actually really love them. Like, I, that's, it's supernatural, guys. We're not trying to do this ourselves. It's supernatural. Just keep giving it to him. Keep, as you look back, think, no, I've forgiven him. I've moved on. And just keep on it. And I love the scripture. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead in Philippians 3 verse 13. Don't you love it? He says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. So he's saying he's forgotten it. But really, we don't really forget. We only forget things we're meant to remember, don't we? Like phone numbers and people's names. That's what I forget. I forget that stuff. But the stuff we don't want to remember, we actually keep remembering. But he's saying he's actually making a choice there. He's choosing to forget, okay? And he's straining towards what is ahead. So God forgets our sins. Now he's God. Does he really forget? No, God chooses to forget. God's choosing to forget, okay? So you don't want to be dwelling in it. So I think sometimes if you dwell on something, you're choosing to live there. It's like you've pitched a tent and this is my identity because this happened to me, so this is what I'm going to be like the rest of my life. Well, I just don't believe that. I believe you can be transformed and emotions can start to line up with what God says. Otherwise, what is the point of the Christian life? You know, this is what it's about, but it takes choices and active decisions. And sometimes it can be 20 times a day that your brain is going off on some weird tangent. And you can often tell by how you feel. If you ever start to feel yucky and you think, hang on, what have I been thinking about the last half an hour? You've been thinking of 10 people that have annoyed you and what they did to me and that and the other. And you've got to say, no, I'm going to be disciplined to, to get rid of that stuff. Okay? So we don't want to dwell on it. It was quite funny, actually. Oh, it wasn't funny, really, but um, I was having a bit of 
a few issues a few months ago and um, with depression and things like that. I've had a real struggle for a long time with that. Um, and the doctor told me I needed to go to a psychiatrist. It even sounds scary, doesn't it? Psychiatrist. And I'm thinking, no, I just think I need to deal with a few things. <laughs> she said, no, 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 go to the psychiatrist. It'll really help you. So anyway, I'm sitting with this psychiatrist. I won't tell you how much it costs me. Because then I wanted to go back to talk to another psychiatrist about how much the psychiatrist cost me. It was just mental. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and it took an hour for him. And he started from when I was a small child. And he said, okay, what happened to you when you are a small child? And I saw the kids were mean to me at school. And he went through. And he's like, how did you feel about that? And I said, yeah. Yeah, that was awful. And then, okay, what happened when you were a teenager? Well, this happened. And how did you You know, and I'm like, yeah, that was awful too. In the end, I came out so depressed. Oh, my goodness, I had the most worst life ever. I mean, hang on. I just went and paid, I won't say how much, for an hour to talk about everything that's disturbed me in my whole life, but that's meant to make me feel better. I don't feel good at all. So then when he made another appointment, I said, no, I don't think I can make it. No, I don't think this is the answer. Okay, and I'm not saying that professionals can't help you, okay? I'm not saying that treatments can't help you. It's all part of things. I'm just saying that there's a quote here by Caroline Leaf, actually. You don't have to keep digging into the past to get free of it. You don't have to go back over everything that's ever hurt you to be free of it. You need to say, that's happened. What's in my future now? What's God want to do with me now? I just, I just, yeah, I refuse to go back now and go over everyone that's hurt me and everything like that because it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. What is God saying about my life right now? So this morning, you know, what is what does God want to do with your life from today onwards? So looking into 2016, what does God want to do this coming year? Okay, so if there's anything you need to deal with it, I'm not dealing with it like to, let's have a think about it all over the Christmas holidays. If God brings up things with, for you in the next week, that's an issue for you. Okay, let's work through it, God. What scriptures do I need to get through this? Do I need to forgive someone, make a decision to do it, make a choice? What am I thinking about? And just start to get really active and saying, I don't need to just continue being on like the way I am next year. I can actually have a year where I'm really going on in God. Okay, and just choose to always line up your thoughts with what God says. Okay, and in the way that Lot's wife, you know, she turned... When she turned her head, she turned her back on her future and she stayed there. So just, just this morning, I just, I just pray this morning. Actually, I will pray. I will finish and I'll pray and, um, we'll just finish this morning. We might get the band, should we get the band back up? And we might just do a song. And, um, I just want to pray actually about it, what I've been speaking about today. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. I'm just believing for everyone here, as you turn your back on the past, that you are really looking into the future. I'm just praying for next year. Lord, I just pray for everyone here. Lord, that we will turn our face towards you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we will just turn our, our countenance towards you. Lord, there's so many scriptures about that, looking to you and looking for what you want to do in our lives and having that fresh start never having to look back over our shoulder at anything, Lord, just saying, no, that's been dealt with at the cross. 
Lord, you've dealt with everything at the cross today. Lord, there's nothing that you have not covered with your blood. Lord, you've done it all for us, Lord Jesus. There's nothing we need to relive. There's nothing that needs to trouble us, Lord Jesus. We just need to look to you. Lord, and when those thoughts come in the middle of the night and when they come at our weak point, Lord, Lord, I just pray you'll give us the strength to combat that with your word, with the, the spirit, Lord, with with every part of armour we have, Lord, just give us that strength to make that choice today, Lord, that going into next year, Lord, we're going to think a different way. We're going to do things differently, Lord. We're going to be brave. We're going to make those choices, Lord, to go your way, to turn our face towards you, Lord, never to look back, never looking back, just looking to the cross, looking for what you've done for us, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just bless you today. Praise you, Lord. Lord, I know you gave me that word for, for some certain people here today, Lord, and, and for those that it's resonated with especially, I just pray you'll help them today. Lord, just put that word in their heart today in the name of Jesus. Praise your Lord. Praise your Lord. Did you want to do a chorus? A chorus for us? No. Why don't you all stand? We'll just, we'll just finish with a song this morning and... Um, yeah, just let that word sink in. Thanks. Thank you. 